This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Kia ora and welcome to Creatively Wired. This broadcast is on Free FM 89.0 and is also available wherever podcasts are found. Creatively Wired is a moment in time where we chat with artists about what makes them tick. We will explore the way they work, what they are thinking about, and the many varied nuances of the creative process. Make yourself comfortable and let's have a chat with some awesome people who are creatively wired. Today with us we have award-winning playwright, uh, man about town, actor, director, um, general awesome human, Benny Marama. Thank you for being here with us today. Oh, kia ora. It's good to be here. So, Benny, um, you're a man of uh, many hats, but primarily a writer. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was something I discovered. Um, I, I guess I kind of always knew that um, creating the world is something I wanted to do. Um, rather than inhabiting them, and and so thinking about your childhood, when did you start crafting stories? Was it as a child, or was it kind of later in life? Um, I'd, I'd say probably later, um, high school. Whenever we had a uh, devised. We had to write a scene or something. I'd be like, "I'll do it," and I'll just you just I'll tell you all what to do. And people were like, "Yeah, cool," because we're teenagers and we don't want to do anything. It's like, yeah, "I do." Um, so yeah, I guess it was then. I was like, "Oh, I really like um, writing these stories, creating these stories." It was really cool going to Fairfield instead of getting the rights to a junior version of a musical for our. Um, School productions, we'd create our own shows. Uh, Trevor Favell would help with the music. Um, Kathleen Christian would tell us to do weird things. Um, we'd be in charge of our own scenes. Uh, we'd be able to create our own characters, craft our own stories. And, yeah, I guess just discovering that was like, cool, I can, I can do this as well. Um, and it was just like a massive group effort to create the show. That was always so good. Biased. Unbelievably biased. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, high school 100% unlocked something in me. Um, that I guess informs my identity now. Like, um, I can uh, I acknowledge that I'm not this person and started to discover who I kind of am as a person of colour, as a creative. Um, so yeah, it's cool. And so you, somewhere between, uh, between that and modern day <laughs> now, you moved into a, a role of writing things, directing things, sometimes acting in things. And I guess, you know, importantly, dreaming up the whole idea for the whole thing and making it happen off your own bat. Mm. So what was that journey like? 
Um, Were you just like, I need to do more and more of this stuff, so I've got to, i got to make it happen. Yeah, I, um, I guess around 2011, 12, when I was kind of like, actually, I want to chill for a bit and just write and maybe put it on at a fringe and. Um, I had my first play, it was 45 minutes, and got terrible reviews. <laughs> well, a terrible review. Um, but... Can you tell I, us a little bit about what that play was about? Was it? it was, um... Alien Beat, that's right. Uh, young woman, um... Her and her best friend have been friends since she was like five. Um, she starts dating and this friend doesn't like it. Um, but also this friend isn't real. It's like her imaginary friend that she's kind of had since she was a kid. But <clears throat> one thing I really like is here is the narrative A to B. Let's chuck in a random thing, or like, no, nah, how we ca what can we do to that to subvert it? Um, which is what I did with this. I wanted there to be this um, uh, close friendship that was um, this friendship that, when you actually took a closer look at it, uh, was incredibly toxic. But yeah, I wanted that to to be seen, but also adding the element of, but what if one of the friends doesn't actually exist? What if one of the friends is, you know, imaginary? Um, and, yeah, which I, I don't know whether it came across that way. There were some weird, like, rules I'd sort of made for the friend, for the imaginary friend, um, that were kind of broken a lot. Um, it was my first, like, play, and I also directed it. Um, so it was... It was good practice. Mm. Was that tough, getting slammed in a review? Yeah, a bit. <laughs> it was like... Especially oh your first play, right? It's putting it out there, and then... Oh, my God. I think it was... The last time I read it, because I always go back to it um, every now and then, uh, it actually doesn't read that awful. In fact, it's not awful. It's like the direction is, you can tell he's a first-time director. Um, some of the acting is meh, um, but the story just needs more development. Right, um, but, it, but it read... Much worse at the time yeah, for, you. for me. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> "Oh my god, it's awful!" And oh my god, we've got two more shows. <laughs> that's a that's a hard thing, eh? Putting work out there like that because I mean, I, th I think particularly in the performing arts world, a lot of stuff gets reviewed, and a lot of those reviewers don't hold back. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I, I might paint a mural, and not many people would come up to me and tell me all the things that are wrong with it. You know, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I guess the, I mean, were you, did you feel like you were able to take that criticism on constructively or was it just like, ah, it's I terrible? 
I got really, yeah, I got really upset. I'm just like, oh my god, yeah, it's terrible. And it wasn't until I talked to, it was a friend of mine. Um, I was like really angry, and she was like, okay, what's wrong? He sent me the link to the review, sent her the review. She was like, mate, <laughs> you're fine. It's just saying, let's do this, develop this, do this. You're okay. Um, and that actually instilled a bit of confidence in me. I was like, okay, okay. And then I kind of had to reassure the actors, like, you guys are fine. The two of you will be good. Like, and then the other guy got a great review. But he was just like, oh, I'm so awkward. My God. Best out of the three. <clears throat> but I definitely, um, I guess, learned to not take these kind of criticisms at face value. Mm -hmm. Like, there is a reason this reviewer said needs more development. It's because they can see that this play just is, isn't ready for prime time. Um, yet, it just needs... Although, I did take exception to that, because I was like, well, nah, fringe festivals, generally, I treat them as, like, they mean development, this is a development season. So, I guess from there on in, everything I've done, like, first time, like, cool, development season, just so you know... <laughs> This is a living, breathing thing that is going to change. Yeah, well, arguably everything we make is development, right? Yeah, yeah. I think, um, spot, like, spot the difference um, changed, yeah, it was, is in a constant state of development, so, um, which is all good. Like, looking at it in 2017 to the last time we did it, it's it's grown so much and will only continue to grow should we decide to restage. Did mm -hmm. I just jump forward in narrative? Yeah, no, that's <laughs> well, a little bit. Jump forward in time? Yep. As a, a, a leap from <laughs> your first play that was uh, critically panned to <laughs> a more recent one which was critically acclaimed, I think. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that kind of a leap. <laughs> so, um, Spot the Difference has had Three seasons? Is that is that right? Yeah, there was Fringe, there was Hamilton, and then we did the Wellington Tauranga Hamilton tour of the North Island. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Spot. I mean, there's there's kind of many layers to this work. Uh, obviously, the kind of what it's talking about and the questions that it's asking of society. There's also the, the relationship between you and Anthony and, and what that means and then also what that relationship became in terms of local theatre and an understanding of identity and I mean I know that I've just said way too many questions <laughs> thinking about your creative process mm. what does that show about and why is that the thing that you wanted to write and present and why do you think it went so far? Um, so I guess I guess backstory of the spot. Um, we had two different people generally at the same time approach us to do something. Um, so Pip Smith, who was the director of Fringe at that time, 
hit us up and was like, hey, can you guys do something for Fringe? Because we want you guys to do something for Fringe. I was like, yeah, sure. And then um, Leifel Wilson um, came up to us and was like, hey, do you guys have anything about like identity? Because we'd really like you to perform at the museum for the opening of the Cold Islanders. And I was like, yeah, okay. So we sort of had these two people asking us to do these two things, and they were like, hey, why not both? So um, we kind of threw some ideas together, and we performed something at the Meteor relaunch, and then we started to, then we kind of tore that scene apart and created the story. Um, kind of based on our lives, um, kind of slightly fictionalized. Um, uh, and it was born from the fact that for some reason, myself and Anthony Aono, um get mistaken for each other, <laughs> for, which is strange because he's Samoan, I'm Cook Island Māori, he has hair on his head, <laughs> I have a beard, and I'm bald. Like, how we keep kept getting mistaken, there was, um, at two separate points, a um, young woman went up to him and said, oh my gosh, it was really cool doing The Tempest with you, that was awesome. Wait, so she did a whole play with him and yep. thought that you you were him? She did a whole play wow. with me and thought Anthony Oh, sorry, was other me. way around. Yeah. And I was like, so I think I've got, the, I've got the screenshot on my phone. She was like, she thinks I'm you. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the same thing. I had a guy come up to me and um, uh, say it was really good in this play he saw or, it was really good seeing you the other day. I was like, yeah, no, that's no, awesome. And he was like, oh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Carol Churchill, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, you think I'm Anthony. I'm just big and brown and do theatre. That's, that's pretty much it. Oh, my gosh. Um, and it's a story that is, um, I dis we discovered, uh, that's kind of all around sort of POC performers, especially POC um, actors in Waikato, is that you get mistaken. I, a friend of mine auditioned for a musical and one of the auditionees came up to him and was like, well, you were really good um, yesterday. I loved doing that before I'm show. Um, without kind of without saying what the show was, and my friend was like, "Yeah, it's really cool. I love Shakespeare." So it was really cool to get back into it, seeing as I've been overseas for a while. And this person sort of was like, "Okay, okay," then walked off, and then came back, and she was like, "Oh, oh, I thought you were in this show. Oh, you're not this show." And I looked, and I was like, "Oh my God, he thinks you're my nephew!" Ah, like so. So weird because they look nothing alike, but they're POC actors in the Waikato, so virtually interchangeable. So, long rant. Um, so, spot the difference um, 
is about two guys who are devising a show about race. Um, throughout the show, there are these kind of parts of the actual show within a show, and then through um, the rest of it is kind of leading up to um, their first night. And it was really interesting that each theme kind of explored um, this kind of like exploring casual racism, like being told um, uh, that a play I directed wouldn't be able to get equal billing because there was another play in the same festival that was um, had ethnic elements, had Māori elements, Pacific elements, um, and uh, they can't have two. All oh, right. There's a the quote, quota of one. That's it. Exactly. All right. And I was like, well, maybe people are sick of the story. That was one we... Um, it was doing it in Hamilton. People were doing trying to figure out who this character was kind of based on. Um, it was just super... And it was really telling if they're like, oh, is it this person? It's like, I don't know, is it? Is this what this person says? Because um, is, this, is this what they're like? And they're like, yeah, no, that's exactly it. So is it that person? It's like, well, it's not really based on anyone at all. We created a stereotype of this kind of person who says these kinds of things. So you have people in your life that... that and I guess your with your if your th first thought was, I'm trying to figure out who this person was and not what did this person what does this person say, this character say that so that reminds me of what my friend says, then oh, we still have a long way to go. Hmm. But yeah, and uh, I guess um, TLDR spot the difference is a hilarious musical comedy about race. About casual racism, too, because everyone thinks um, racism is people being chased with pitchforks and um, loudly screaming epithets at POC people. Um, although, given the weird year that we're in, that kind of is what's happening. Yeah. But it's not... It isn't. It isn't. It's um, crossing the road. Um, uh, so people don't have to walk towards you. It's um, questioning whether I'm right about something I'm definitely an expert on. Mm -hmm. um, because maybe I don't know. Um, it's those small things that are more poisonous <laughs> than kind of the big things. Mm. And I think what, one of the things that's powerful about the play, I, I, I think I saw it in the first season and then the last one, so I got to see the the way it evolved as well, which is cool. But I think, you know, it's an important story to tell for people of colour and for, I think I'm sure for other people of colour to experience that. But also there were a lot of Pākehā in the mm. audience. And I think for us it reminds us or informs us of all the stuff that we could easily not even realise is happening, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely it. Um, 
I was talking to a friend of mine and from Auckland and being like, oh, um, this would be the perfect play. I don't know. I'd um, uh, love my family to see it. Um, do I like South Auckland? So it'd be cool. And friend was like, they're not the people that need to see this, though. The people that need to see this are further up. <laughs> um, like, then that's not to say that this play is um, exclusively for Pakia um, or people that don't understand. But also, yes, <laughs> mm-hmm. it is. One of one of my favorite things to come out of Spot is for for it to start the conversation, um, and. Yeah, for people to feel like they can share about, oh, I actually have felt like this. I had uh, a friend's flatmate um, come to spot in Wellington, and then after the show, after a couple of wines, he was like, yeah, I'm an accountant, and I'm Marty, and they always ask me um, whenever we have like group meetings, like, now, do you want to open this with a karakia? Um, can you lead us in the porphyry? <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh, what? <laughs> I don't know where it is, what? Um, and being able to have these, um, create a space where PRC can um, you know, share these stories, um, but also, again, like unlocking something in um, Pakia, um, that sort of says, yeah, like you said, didn't realize this was a thing, but yep. Well, it's, it's kind of asking people to ask themselves, if you found what that stereotype character was saying to be cringeworthy or offensive or the wrong thing to have been said at that time because it's highlighted in this play and you're trying to work out who that person is, mm. that means that you're having, you know people who are doing those things, yeah. maybe you need to call them out. Like yeah. It's getting people to, to realise that it's not enough to, like, it, it's not enough to think, oh, I'm not racist, so I'm not doing it. It's like, if you know people who are doing that, yeah. it's up to each of us to call that out. I think it was, it was a friend of mine um, a couple of days ago who was just like, I'm really sick of someone being racist and then watching my Pakia friends sit there and then they leave and they lean over to me and say, I'm sorry you had to go through with that. That's so racist. Right. What After the they fact. said. Yeah, it's just, no, 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 we don't need you to do that. We need you to stand and be like, oi, nah. Like, my friend Caroline, who, when we were doing an improv workshop, so, uh, one of the participants um, uh, adopted a um, stereotypical um, Southeast Asian accent, and she, before I kind of was going to just scream, no, and then swear a lot, she was just like, okay, no, we cannot do this. Let's try this again. And this was like... Um, I didn't need to say anything. 
No one, no one in the room needs to say anything. She recognized this. What I'm hearing is awful, so I need to say something. And that's it. Um, POC, uh, LGBTQ people, women don't need um, to, to, all, all there is is for the majority to do is be an ally, allyship. So yeah, if you see something in spot, like you said, um, and it yeah is familiar, yeah, start to call it out. Yeah. Mm. And I think you know being vigilant because it, in some ways there's an idea that some people are racist, some people aren't racist, and and you can you can get sort of the the tick of like I'm okay, but yeah. I think you know when you live in an inherently racist society, then it's actually you have to be constantly mm. kind of aware of that and pushing back against that anyway. It's yeah. not like a you know it's 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 nuanced, it's complicated, it's yeah. messy. It was a Hannah Gadsby. Um, uh, and her Women in Hollywood speech talked about the good men and um, kind of good men are men that see the bad men and say, that's a bad man, but I am a good person. I'm a good man. But the problem is, is that all good, all men, including the bad men, consider themselves good. So... Um, yeah, it's just kind of like otherism. Like, well, that's not me. I don't say that, as you said. Mm. Um, so yeah, it is just action rather than, um, yeah, rather than uh, looking at the quote bad men and saying they're bad, or the friend saying, "Wow, I'm sorry you had to experience that. That was really racist." It's yeah, acting. And that's one of Spot's. Spot is a show I am unbelievably proud of. It is a show that's still really close to me. I know it's close to Ants as well. Um, so it's super personal. Um, it's very vulnerable as well, right? Yeah, yeah. It must have taken quite a... Well, you, you tell me, was it... Was it... Did it take a lot of sort of thinking? Do I want to do this? Do I want to make myself this vulnerable and share these stories? Or was that sort of a, a an easy choice for you to make? There, yeah, it did take a minute. So we the the fringe version um, was really pared back, and kind of as much as we could cram into forty five minutes as possible, allowing for the fifteen minute changeover. Um, but when we got like a longer slot, um, we did. We talked about maybe making it more personal um, uh, because we're already kind of playing a heightened version of ourselves. So why not actually include some of our own stories? Um, I think some of the stories we tell in that are like word for word sort of actual anecdotes um, with some names changed. Um, some of them are allegorical. The, um, one of the first, um, the first scene is from the show within a show, and I'm talking about these three brothers, um, kind of uh, 
um, kind of uh, influenced by Samoan mythology, um, and I kind of um, this this sort of analogy for Anthony and his two brothers. Um, Brussels was really a really good start um, to to mix like um, actual stories with Polynesian mythology, which is something I did later. Um, but yeah, wanting to make it um, about us, um, and it was going to be hard to talk about, and we were going to. Um, uh, yeah, um, hard to talk about. Uh, yeah, a lot of the stuff was is still quite touchy. Um, but I guess it was a kind of catharsis in being able to um, say these stories and perform this show that we're both very close to um, and share in the experience, share our experiences so we're not um, completely alone. There are, um, yeah, creating creating a safe space within the space mm. um, so we don't have to be alone and vulnerable, vul um, alone in our own vulnerability. Um, so, yeah, I, I, yeah. And so within that kind of exploration of your own vulnerability and I guess really frankly sharing understandings of identity, that also coincides with the creation of your theatre company with Hans yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. We um so we uh, created a company, um Tahitaitasi um the pick the title for three reasons. One for not three reasons, for a couple reasons. One, it's one one one. We want to be the um a place a, a hub for any I guess emerging creators of colour to feel safe. And if they need someone to talk to about the the arts, um then they just call us. Uh, it's also um, Te Reo Māori, Te Reo Māori Kukiairani, and Nananaf Samoa. Um, uh, because that represents us. Um, the Te Reo is, represents the land we're on, the place we are inhabiting. I'm Kukaila Māori, and Anthony Samoan. And I get it. The last one is because we both love Tony, Tony, Tony. And just one of the... <laughs> <laughs> kind of grew up with New Jack R&B, the New Jack Swing, so one of that alliteration. Um, but the the co-papa behind it all is um, telling, telling our stories. Um, uh, encouraging other emerging creators of colour to like come catch up with us and tell theirs. But also for us and um, to get to perform 
plays, stage plays, where we wouldn't normally be cast in these roles. I was watching... I went to a play with some one-on-one students last year, and I asked them, hey, what did you think about it? And they were like, oh, it was really cool, really cool. Um, a couple of the um, Māori kids in the one-on-one class, um, Theatre Studies 101, they were like, yeah, it was really cool. And then I grabbed one of the programs, and I was like, ah, do I want to make this a teachable moment? I don't know. But then I was like, um, but let's look at the program. Like, what do you see? They're like, yeah. It's like, tell you what, these writers aren't for us. They're not meant for us. Mammoth, Pinter, um, Beckett. They're not plays for us. For so, But I want to do these plays, so let's do these plays. Also, cool, let's have a coffee. What are you guys up to? So... Yeah, I ended up talking to a couple of these kids. Um, I got one of them into a kids' show last year, and then Courtney managed to con him into doing auditioning for Dogfight and Assassins and um, and like um, all it takes is one person to be um, be that person, just to be like, hey, we're creating a space. We are. Um, people to talk to that you can talk to. So let's do something. Let's point you in the direction of doing things so you feel like you can practice without... And you can think about staging Mamet, Pinter, Beckett um, and not feeling like they don't belong to you. So I guess it's finding, finding belonging in theatre... Um, but also feeling like these plays can belong to them. Um, so, yeah, one of the core tenets in 3T, Tahitahitasi, is that um, um, I think it's an hour about us. Like they're not listening to us now, but they will. Mm. Um, and they'll see us and they'll listen to us because we won't mm. give them a choice. <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. I think the other thing that is worth pointing out to listeners is that, I mean, this stuff is sounds very serious, and it is, but you guys are really funny. Well. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the, the shows are hilarious. And do you want to talk to us a little bit about humour and, yeah. and, you know, why? I mean, it, yeah. Because um, it is a... Um, uh, I used to talk about humour seriously. <laughs> It is um, uh, resisting the urge to say no laughing matter. I've already said it. Um, it is. It's a way to protect ourselves, um, to be funny. And if we are being funny, then we're not. Um, you know that that's uh, armor for us. Um, they'll see that we're funny. And, but also, on the other hand, it's like they'll, they'll see that we're funny and that's how we'll, we'll get them and then, bam, serious. <laughs> Which was kind of spot. Spot was, spot was that, especially. It was like, oh, this is hilarious. Oh, people can never tell, can't tell Benny and Anthony apart. And then hit them with the feels. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess comedy is... Uh, 
a nice in um, to, uh, I guess, get our what we want to say out. It's a safe mm. space for everyone. Yeah. Like, in the first instance. And I think that's what you do really, really cleverly in Spot, is that it's it's a, a way for you to kind of come to terms with what's happening, but also for people who, for Pākehā, who are in the audience, who are confronting things that they may not be used to confronting or, or feel comfortable confronting, and they feel, oh, okay, we're, we're on this journey, and we're... We're laughing and we're coming to terms with this, and then, oh, maybe we sh- should we be laughing at this? Maybe, maybe not. They're laughing. Maybe it's okay. And then, bam. Okay, like this is serious. And I, but I've I've come on that journey with you. Yeah. And I I know how we got there, and it, it, I guess it rightly or wrongly, if the first voice of the play was a loud, strong, confrontational person of colour, people would throw up barriers instantly. And so you've kind of diffused the barriers so that it can kind of cut through to the heart. And I think that's really beautiful and and powerful and um, really well considered. It's kind of the, um, I guess the the naked Samoans kind of inspired by Polynesian comedians who do have um, who do play the funny brown but then you kind of see the layers underneath the comedy like oh this is super serious Um, so yeah it is comedy is an an easy in um, as (laughs) I guess we've always found it easy um, to get people on side and then hit them with the truth, hit them with the feels. Um, yeah, and also we're hilarious. <laughs> I think, hilarious. I mean, this is, this is sort of mirroring what Jeremy said about adding to it as well, is I, I feel like as audience, when there might be something really heavy and it's, it's, it's actually kind of hard work because it's demanding stuff of the audience and that's good, it should do. But then I feel like you are looking after your audience as well because it would be emotionally super hard to do 45 minutes or an hour or whatever of, of that. Mm. Um, sorry, I can't remember how long the play is, but you know, yeah. th- to do a whole show of that would be tough. And maybe, it, maybe even people would become numb to it after a while, I don't know. Yeah. But it's like the tension builds up and it's, you know, to a to a really sort of intense place and then we get a little relief, we get to have a laugh, you know, and we're kind of all laughing together and we're feeling okay and then we're then able to hear the next thing which is super heavy, you know, so we're kind of prepared to be able to take that on. Whereas if we were just getting loaded with more and more kind of heavy stuff, we might be like, that's, you know, who knows. But Yeah, yeah, and I don't... um, um, And that's fine for... Um, creators who want to create like that and um, and that's okay um, but I've never I guess not to, not to sledge um, but I've never found any value in attacking an audience that you want to understand hmm. like you want to get these audiences to understand um, for example um uh, 
the misogyny in society. Um, but you're not going to be able to do that <laughs> effectively if you are just saying, screaming at the audience, "Is this is misogynist, Dick?" I almost forgot that word. <laughs> um, what you're seeing is misogynism. Misogyny. Oh my gosh. Am I misogynism? That's not a word. It could be. It could yeah, be. Creative it's, license and all that. Misogynisms. But, you know. <laughs> Misogynation. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good title for something. <laughs> you, can, you can have that one for free. Thank you. In the near future. The thing is. Um, <laughs> no, misogynation. It's perfect. I can't wait. <laughs> you, you heard it here first, everyone. <laughs> oh, calm down, I've got another play to write. Uh, Holby, calm down. But presenting something um, misogynistic and then pointing at it and then saying, hey, audiences, this is, this is misogyny at work, isn't it? You should hate this. Um, there's a meme with um, uh, Eric Andre. Um, uh shoots someone on a couch and then turns to the camera and says, why would they do this to themselves, essentially? That's what I feel that kind of theatre is. Um, we want to be able to create to understand. Understand for ourselves and hopefully have other people understand with us, um, take people with us, which I think I'm really excited to be able to do with our new play, Misogynation. Speaking of new plays and, and, and the understanding of identity and thinking about what's happened since Spot, um, you've been exploring your own identity and, and your relationship with your family and with your parents and exploring that through creative work, through the project we did together and, yeah. and through your new project with that was CNZ funded. So, like, what is it like to distill parts of your broader family life that inform who you are as a person into a thing that is shared with audiences and is that I mean it seems to me that partly that's doing kind of what you you're setting out to do with the with 3T around it sharing your stories and it being about the collective identity but also is it helping you to kind of unpack stuff for you personally as well yeah yeah actually um it's I guess it's been like the last three, four years um, for myself and I want to say for Ants as well um, for not to combine um, but this kind of journey of rediscovery of who I am both as a man but as a um, someone from the Cook Islands uh, who was born in New Zealand who doesn't have the language um uh, and kind of coming, yeah, coming to terms with that and accepting and starting to move to a place where um, 
it becomes more a part of me um, because I want it to be kind of understanding my own culture and my own standing in terms of where I am and what I do. So it was it was hard to write about my parents and because um, you know, it was such a personal story um, with a few kind of embellishments to sort of, um, I guess, uh, just um, hide the strings. Um, but ultimately it was good. I think it was my dad. My dad came up to me um, opening night. Um, after the opening night, after the first, after the garden show, and like he hugged me and said, um, that was beautiful, and then everything was true. Um, everything, um, everything was right. Um, and, you know, as someone who, um, my, you know, dad left when we were a child, when we were young, um, but to hear him say, now, with tears in his eyes, um, um, that was true, and I'm sorry. Um, yeah, started to give me kind of a level of acceptance. Um, and it's great, because I'm starting to um, incorporate more of my culture in my everyday life. It's funny. Plug. Next week is Epitoma o Te Reo Māori Kukiarani, um, Kukaian Language Week. I guess as a, I don't, I, I don't know when this gets broadcast. So. It would have been a couple of weeks ago, but that's all right. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. The second of and and eighth to eighth of August is even <laughs> Um But like, uh, yeah, getting to a place where I'm comfortable to talk about where I can with this next play, um, talk about my culture um, uh, in terms of my family. Um, have it be something kind of uh, autobiographical, um, but also talk about that in terms of um, like church. And I don't mean kind of religion, I mean church. I mean the community that helped us um, when we moved to Hamilton without, with nothing. Um, but also some other stuff in there. So, yeah, I guess this kind of um, uh, identity, kind of finding my own, my own identity has started to inform um, what I create and what kind of creator I am, what kind of writer, what kind of actor I am. Um, being comfortable with... Um, uh, another thing that I talk about is... Um, like our accents um, and being comfortable with our accents and how they are they are not having to um, sound whiter than we should than we need to be um, that sort of thing um, so yeah uh, I guess being able to talk about myself as a kind of man has made it easier for me to um, create like that, to find stories like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, which is pretty cool, because I can't, 
Um, I can't separate myself from my culture. Not that I'd want to, but that's a part of me. Um, I am a Cook Island man. Like, I can't change that. So I'm just going to lean into it. <laughs> hmm. Was it hard to write that without feeling like your parents were looking over your shoulder as you were putting those words down? Telling yeah, those a stories? Bit. A little bit. Did you have to sort of try and switch that idea off? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I find sometimes if I think too much about audience or, you know, who's going to experience what I'm making, it gets in the way. Yeah. Whereas I imagine if that was your parents, <laughs> that would be like extra intense. Yeah. It was... Um, and also having them right in the... Fr- yeah, right there. Yeah, it was just like... Ugh! Oh no! <laughs> um, but it's not like they had no idea that this was the content. Like, um, I told them when I interviewed them both for it. Um, Damn it! I wish I'd recorded it because it was hilarious. Um, but especially being like, we have to talk about this part. This is a part of the story. Like, um, we have to talk about your separation because we don't talk about that. Then we are telling, like, half your story. I don't want to tell as much of it as I can. Um, So, it was, I think the first exchange, um, the first kind of scene in, in... that show in Akitemai is ripped word for word what they said. Um, Yeah, I was on the phone to them while I was in Wellington for spot and then, yeah, asking my dad, what does this mean? And then my mum's like, no, it means this, it means this. I'm just like, oh my God. Um, So I kind of knew it was coming. but it was kind of hard to sort of be like, okay, let's talk about one of the more painful times, one of the most painful times in your life. Let's, and it was good for me to get some kind of, I guess, closure. Well, not closure, but understanding. Have some kind of understanding about what happened with them. Um, but I don't know. Um, it was still real weird. Mum gets really weird about um, people, about, you know, um, being referred to or people talking about her. Like, we pretend to be her in um, Spot the Difference. Um, we both have, like, a hilarious my mum impression. <laughs> um, <laughs> do that in Akitemai. And they think it's hilarious. Like, my sisters, although my sisters disagree that it sounds nothing like mum, but I'm like, oh, that's why I'm the favourite, guys. Because I actually... <laughs> um, but no, and I guess going back to starting out uh, to community theatre to kind of the intermittent times I'd see dad and be like, well, why are you doing this? Why why are you doing this? Um, This isn't a job. And then fast forward to 
now, and he can't wait to hear about the next thing I'm creating, about the next project I'm on. Um, yeah, that in itself is kind of... Uh, another word. Um, and also, I don't know where I've gone with this. <laughs> um, yeah, I just kind of rambled. You're letting me ramble. Yeah, it's because it's, <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, I just thought it was a nice kind of comparison from like then to to now and seeing how this um, our relationships have kind of evolved and our understanding of each other, their understanding of me as a writer, as a creator, collaborator, and my understanding is of them as two people with a very flawed love. Um, yeah, that's kind of what came out of that. So, yeah, long story short, they hated and loved it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were cringed and cried um, in equal measure. Mm. That's amazing. And... You know, I think a, a lot of creative people, especially young creative people, really kind of want that acceptance from parents because I think it is, a, a, a you know, particularly in Aotearoa, New Zealand, it's kind of a weird thing to do is devote your life to doing creative stuff. And there's something that parents worry about, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's it's cool that you got to that place and also super interesting that you had to write a play about them to, to get there. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, it actually, the convo started, um, what was it? It was, um, I directed an adaptation of um, A Midsummer Night's Dream with a Māori and Pacifica cast. I consulted a lot with um, uh, my parent, my dad, um, who, uh, about the language and about translating. Um, same with Anson as Nana. Um, about Samoan, and I think he watched the um, the dawn performance because he hadn't come to any of them. Mum had come to a show and then just like forced him to come. And then, yeah, he came to the dawn, and then afterwards we talked, and he thought it was amazing. And then every time I went over, we'd. He'd, talk about this part and this part and this part, but then also chide me for sort of mispronouncing a word. I'm like, this isn't my language, father. <laughs> um, but seeing that excitement in him, because mum's always been my number one fan, always will be. Um, but hearing dad say, um, you know, um, start to accept that this is the person I am, um, oof, that was that glory. It was beautiful. And then, yeah, ultimately felt comfortable to be like, cool, let's talk about your relationship. And, I mean, it's a beautiful piece. <sighs> it's like, a, it's really powerful. And I think everyone I've talked to who saw it and was able to experience it, it resonates with people beyond just the... Pacifica community or the Cook Island community, it resonates with yeah. everyone who has a, a family and a relationship and yeah. and needs to unpick that. And it's um, and I think that that blend of 
real life and poetic license and mythology and all of the kind of many and varied things you could kind of draw upon. Again, just really kind of balanced in the same way that the, the humour and the seriousness, it's kind of all in there as well. And yeah. it's like just this kind of right mix of fantasy and reality and humour and darkness and yeah. it's a yeah, very beautiful work. Honestly, I'm so proud of it. Um, and part of what we created because it was um, awesome to collaborate and uh, this this is not what I'm used to. I don't usually um, do um, some, a piece like this in terms of the execution, but man, it was cool. I got, um, yeah, it's still, it's still one of my favourites. It'll and I think it'll be oh gosh. I don't know, just thinking about it it's just making me flustered. Awesome. Well we we're gonna run out of time. So yes. um, I'm I'm gonna ask you one final thing, which is what yep. we've been asking everyone. Is um if you could go back to yourself at high school, um, getting started into devising plays and things, what's one piece of advice that you would give to yourself then? about being an artist? Keep writing. That's who you are. You're a writer. It's all right. Awesome. Mm, cool, man. Awesome. Thank you for being <laughs> with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. This show has been broadcast on Free FM 89.0 and is brought to you by Creative Waikato. Have a great day. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.